Welcome to Voices in the River. This is Rebecca Allman. We are gathered today to disrupt some narratives about women and power, ancestors and magic. Come and sit with me, your devoted witch, and listen to the flow as we interview our guest today, Katie Harbath. So Katie, I always begin the podcast by lighting a candle and pulling a card. And the card I pulled for us today, and I, I didn't make this up, um, is magic. Aww. So I'm going to read you the invitation. When magic appears, you're invited to see the world through the eyes of wonder and awe, taking on the innocence of a child who knows that all things are possible. Infinite potential exists in the great mind, and you are being invited to call it in and recognize the dance in synchronistic events, signs, symbols, and omens. Your part is to dream, to intend, and to watch for the signs that show you what next action to take. Right now it appears that you are on the right track to make your dreams come true. I love that. I know. I love that the card that started today was magic because the definition of magic for me is changing consciousness at will. And I believe Katie embodies that ability to be aware of things on the edges and bring them into her field to make the desired change. Katie is an edge walker. She walks the intersection of the Midwest and the East Coast. She walks the intersection of a good Catholic and a wonderful witch. And she is so readily available to open herself to seeing things differently. I mean, both in political landscape, in technology, in the geopolitical climate. I mean, she is a person who walks the edges. She sees beyond the periphery, and that is magic. Katie and I are going to talk today about how she creates magic in her life, and she uses it both personally and professionally. So um, just tell me, how did we meet? I don't Remind me of our origin story. So a good friend of mine actually is one of your clients, and I got introduced to her through another friend. And us three gals, we kind of have, we, we're now calling ourselves a coven, but we have our own um, chat thread. And she was mentioning how she was working with you and sent your website. And I took a look and I was having a really tough time in January. I just was having no energy. I was nervous. I worked for myself. I was struggling with processing those feelings. And I saw, you know, you were doing your year ahead readings. And I was like, you know, I've always wanted to have my readings done for me. I've never had that done. I very much wanted to go into it of like, I want to try anything. It might work. It might not work, but I didn't want to go into it with preconceived notions of what would or would not be. And so I signed up for that year ahead sessions. Well, and the year ahead spread is a spread where you pull one card for each month of the year. And then a card that's the guide for the year. Do you remember what your guide was for this year? It was a horse. And I got into the bedroom last night. We're in this cottage in the woods, in the middle of the redwood forest. And I turned on the light and I was like, there's a horse picture above both beds. 
where Katie is sitting now, there is a horse behind her. So we consider that good medicine for today, don't we? We do. Well, and when we talked about magic at the very beginning, I mean, it's those uh, moments of synchronicity to me that represent magic. So after we had that reading and then we did a couple of sessions, you have a very large platform and you kind of came out of the gate saying, I read tarot. You, I think you use the word witch. Yeah. There's been something about this journey, you know, even before I wrote on my platforms and stuff about doing this, I'd be in conversation usually with women and I either started to notice something they would say, like somebody might be like, I checked my horoscope today and like, you know, it might be in passing. And then I would dig a little deeper. I'm like, well, you know, actually, I've been digging into tarot. Or I might kind of whisper, like, yeah, I've been working with a shaman, right? More often than not, the other person was like, oh, my God, me too. Oh, my God, I've been looking into that too, right? So it started with me getting that reaction from people that gave me a little bit more courage to then be like, okay, let's mention it in the newsletter a little bit. So I have a, I have a newsletter. So my day-to-day career is I work at the intersection of technology and democracy elections. I spent 10 years at Facebook. So I have a newsletter called Anchor Change, anchorchange.substack.com. And so from time to time, I mention about the fact that I've been learning more about tarot and meditation and working with you. And it opened up a lot of different doors with folks and conversations to be had. And and the, the relief when you saw like, oh my God, we have this thing in common, but we would have never known it before. And now there's somebody I can talk to. But both of us were kind of scared of saying anything because you weren't sure who how the other person's going to react. But, you know, I ended up titling one of my newsletters, The Things We Whisper, because I found this is one of the things we whisper. And I've gotten such a good reaction from people. Some people might be like, oh, that seems a little weird. But like, for the most part, people are like intrigued. They want to learn more. And, and so then I give them permission to explore it a bit more. And to me, that's an awesome byproduct of of what I've been learning too. And so talk to me about why you chose the word witch. What does that mean to you? You know, more and more I kept seeing the kind of the concept of of the witch. And every time I thought about that, it just made me feel more empowered myself, more grounded, more in control of the choices I can make. Right. We did a lot of work for, with me and still are on expectations, expectations of others on me, expectations of myself on me versus what that might look like of what I actually want my life to look like. So I think using the word witch was almost reclaiming some more of my power. I think the other thing, too, with using the word witch is like starting to talk with other people even just manifesting, like just seeing this stuff actually happen just feels very witch-like and is really cool. Um, And so it makes me feel powerful by using the word. I love that. And um, when did you decide to come out of the broom closet? That's what we ask witches when they decide to whisper to other people. And I think that, you know, one of my one of my goals as well is not just using my voice for my career, and not just as a single woman out there, but there are a lot of things where people are struggling and they have these expectations of what is or is not okay to do and they don't know who to talk to. 
if they're doing something different than what society expects of them to do. And so for me, I'm in my early 40s, single, childless, but I come from the Midwest where most people are married by their 20s. Like I have friends I went to high school with that are starting to be grandparents. Um, and I left home, career woman, traveling the world, having fantastic time. But it is a very different choice than what a lot of other people have made. And so I still struggle with that tension between the choice that I made and those original expectations put on me not only by family, but more by society as a whole. Hey, I think that's true for so many people who have made a different choice than what the current world order would have you believe. Yeah. And I think that um, I'm also finding too, that I talk to a lot of people that made that choice that they think that they're supposed to make. And now they're finding themselves not as happy as they thought yeah. that they were going to be and are also trying to to navigate that now. And so it's like everybody's choices are going to have challenges. None of these are magical things that are just going to all of a sudden, you know, make your life perfect. <laughs> um, yes. In fact, I had something happen to me yesterday and I what I wrote in my journal was trust yourself. You know, and that's, I think that's what it's about. Like we're told trust everyone else. Trust that someone else knows better. And the journey is to trust yourself. Yes. So um, just tell me where you are just now. Like, how did you come to be here? Well, right here where I am right now, I'm about an hour and a half north of San Francisco. Never been here before. The drive yesterday was an hour and a half windy road through these beautiful redwood forests. And so I'm here as part of a, a work trip with an organization that I do a lot of my corporate consulting and stuff from. Um, I was invited to originally kind of just speak about my career and stuff like that. So I'm in one of the bedrooms right now while the rest of the group is downstairs uh, starting their day. And we read cards last night. So I'm here with the org, about 20 of them or so. And I was doing chat with them about my career. And then we were just kind of chatting about everything from football to other things. And somehow in the conversation at about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, somebody mentioned, like, this is the kind of house that seems like they would have crystals buried around the the house and the woman sitting next to me who reads my newsletter looked at me and she's like Katie you should bring up your tarot or something like that and I go I have the cards and so they were all like go get the cards and so I got the two decks and I came downstairs and like it was really interesting the group kind of splintered off there was a part of the group that went to the table to play cards and wasn't really paying attention and then there was a smaller group that was kind of interested and I did the first reading for their COO, who's a, a gentleman, I would say, in his mid-40s or so. And I did the first reading, and he was, wow, like, because I wasn't sure what to think of this, but this actually really resonates with where I am. And then he started having more and more of the other people come in to the circle who weren't really paying attention. And now we're listening to others because they're hearing others' reaction. And then they were like, do you mind? Do you mind? do you mind? And we ended up doing readings for everyone. And like, they were calling me a witch by the end. They were just like, this is freaky. This is, oh my God. Like, this is so crazy. And this is like everything from gentlemen in their fifties to Gen Z 23 year olds that just graduated 
school. And some of them had never done it before. Um, and it was really fun just to watch of like, when you see something resonate with somebody and they're just like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know? It was a lot of fun. We went till like midnight of me doing readings for everybody. What do you think it is about you that connects with people in that way? I think first and foremost, we talked about everything before we even got into this, about my political background. We have a mix of Republicans and Democrats here. And so we were having that conversation and had kind of built up that trust. And I think people, I generally find people find that they can talk to me and there won't be judgment. Absolutely. So one of the reasons I was excited about talking to you today, um, I've done a lot of shamanic journeys for people. You are probably the single best journeyer that I've ever worked with. Like the images that you come up with are amazing. Uh, will you talk a little bit about what the shamanic journey was like? Like, why did you decide to do a journey? What sort of transpired? So when you recommended doing it, I honestly had no idea <laughs> what you were going to say what you were going to ask me to visualize. And I can't remember where we went in the first one. You know, you just said you're on a path. You're somewhere. I think we went to your family's lake. Yeah. And immediately my family's lake popped up in northern Wisconsin. And then you were like asking questions. Is there a breeze? What are you hearing? What are you smelling? And so I was trying to just things that popped into my head immediately. I, I, I found pretty quickly that not trying to control it, which is very hard for me sometimes, but just letting it be with whatever popped up would be the best thing to do. It's similar to a guided meditation. Uh, I learned how to journey from a Karo shaman and they typically use rattles or drums. And there's a methodical beat that gets you into that meditative state. Yeah, and I found I really needed that. It just kind of really helped to ground me in what we were trying to do. And so then while you're going through it, you're feeling a lot, but you're not quite processing it all right away until you come out of it. And then you had me journal and just write down what I saw and these just images would pop up or animals would pop up. And then the more we kept doing it, the more fun I kept having in terms of, I clearly have a very active imagination. There's definitely a side of me that loves that creativity. Um, and then I started using AI and image generator because after one of them, I was like, what if I put in a prompt of what I saw in my head to see what it would generate? And you know, when you do these journeys, you're not getting always a super vivid image in your head, but you're getting a general sense of it. And it's just so cool now, the AI images that come out when I when I pop them into the prompt and what they look like. And for me, that helps me to be able to go back to and reference being able to have those AI images of some of those journeys to help remind me of the types of things I saw and look for patterns and stuff like that has been a ton of fun. And I'm, I'm really excited to keep exploring that a bit more of 
how to keep doing that sort of translation. And it's just using a different part of my brain because I'm a headspace person. I'm writing all the time. I'm thinking all the time for work. And so having this opportunity to kind of put that together and, and think through how those symbols start to fit together, it's almost like putting together pieces of a puzzle that are coming to me at different points throughout all of these journeys and everything that I'm working on. And you start to slowly see this picture start to come into focus. So what would you say to folks listening who all of this may sound very strange? Like, do you have words of wisdom for them? Yes. Um, first, I understand why it might sound strange. Like there's a lot of different narratives out there, right? About astrology, about tarot, about all of these different things. And I think first and foremost, don't look at it as fortune telling. It really is giving you a different framework to think about and put together different puzzle pieces. But there was something, particularly last night, like it's, it was my second time doing readings for others. And to a T, every single one of them were like, they all had at least one card where they were like, oh yeah, that is me. That is how I'm thinking about this. And like, they were all like, even like an hour later, some of them were like, I'm still blown away. Like, <laughs> again, you know, but I would also say too, it's not for everyone and that's okay. Just like I say, therapy is not for everyone. Like we all need to find our own different ways of tapping into spirituality. And so I'm of the mindset of like, find what works for you. I like to think of, first of all, you don't have to give up your religious tradition. No, I'm still Catholic. You know, I grew up Catholic. I still kind of believe in God and stuff. Yeah, you don't have to give up any of that. You can if you wish. The only way I think this does differ when you're thinking about witches or power is that traditional religion often tells us that the power is outside of us, is above us, is not reachable until another life. And the power of magic is that the moment of connection is now. The, the place of divinity is now. And we're worthy and we deserve it. And so that's part of the reason we're doing this podcast is to just remind you that you are powerful as you are and that now is the time and that you do not need an external source to validate you. That's been such a key part because, again, you know, I mentioned we spent so much work on expectations and those external sources of validation. And so you keep chasing, chasing, chasing those. And what I've really loved about this is there, you know, there's little signs throughout the day of like, you're fine. Just you being is fine. And I was telling folks this last night, I go, I've had a hummingbird multiple times when I'm having my coffee, will come and say hello, will come and look right at me and then fly away. And I'll be like, oh, hi, thank you. I don't know if it's an ancestor. I don't know who it might be. Um, and so it really, for me, it's been kind of releasing of being able to have that grounding spot of like, I am okay. I am okay. I do not need external validation of the choices that I'm making. You trust yourself. I'm trying to trust myself. I trust myself more yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Katie, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. 
So if you'd like to know more about Katie Harbath, I invite you to check out her newsletter, anchorchange.substack.com, and also her podcast, Impossible Trade-Offs. Voices in the River was created by Theo Balcom. And if you'd like to work with me, my website is rebeccaallman.com. That's Rebecca, A-U-M-A-N.com. Thank you so much for listening. And if anything in this episode has spoken to you, I hope you'll share it with friends. I've had so much fun hearing the stories of connection and intersection.